Hey folks, our latest conversation features Black Lotus Rosie, a Chicana Instagram icon out of Los Angeles. We sat in Rochelle, Rochelle's studio of my betcha jewelry, and we just had a great chat. It was really fun. Uh, just nice to... So Rosie really doesn't represent herself aside from her photos, so I think it's a great opportunity just to get a feel for where she's coming from and how she perceives herself and um, sort of where her inspiration is drawn from. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. Like, I, turn I your yogurt. Turn your yogurt this way. <laughs> turn your yogurt. Or we could do it. Way. Oh, this will work out. This will be. Yeah, good, good, good. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going. Okay, so, someone describe where we are. We're at Rochelle's studio in Silver Lake. It is filled with beautiful energy. Beautiful energy. From the stones. Beautiful clothes. And from Rochelle. Yeah. Aww, so, thanks. we're doing a little podcast here uh, with Rosie. What's your last name? I don't know your last name. Martinez. Martinez. And uh, one of our former guests here, Rochelle. Hi. Hanging out in her studio, housing me while I'm on my crazy trip to Southern California. Goofing around, doing things. So, uh, Rochelle, you introduced me to Rosie. So tell me about what, what sort of, like, you were thinking about when you were like, hey, you got a podcaster. First of all, I didn't know this was going to be a three-way podcast right now, but yeah, well, I'm fine. down. Here I am jumping in. That's right. That's right. Uh, I met Rosie because I was doing um, some research for my jewelry. It was around the time that there was going to be a, a show paying homage to like Cholo and Chola art and stuff. And um, I was looking on Pinterest and I found this bomb-ass picture of this little tiny girl <laughs> with huge hair and that was like kind of throwback but kind of modern and it was it, her style was just really inspirational in the collection that I built and it was actually during the time that I was building the cactus collection mm. and um, I was doing the cactus show and I basically in my mind was like I want to meet Rosie because she's my target audience like <laughs> she gets it she gets yeah. she gets spiritual shit she gets Chicano shit she gets political shit you know like she just gets it and um so i just put that out there and i manifested our friendship <laughs> basically is what really happened because i went and i i was selling julia at body boogie and she came up and i was mm. like i'm a big fan here is like and everybody knows rosie rosie is like the icon of east la right now like <laughs> she's everybody draws pictures of her takes pictures of her does podcasts of her does podcasts her. of her she's <laughs> and and she's 20 you know like yeah. 21 or 22 how old are you 21 21 i mean she's a baby so that her energy is so vibrant and uh just to, she's an inspiration to me and right. i thought it would be cool to um kind of tell a little bit more about her story you know because on her instagram you only see her goofing around with her records and her and you know so give her a chance to you know say to the world what she wants because she wants to say stuff i know that mm. much <laughs> she's got a lot to say this little word time. word so what do you think rosie <laughs> <laughs> well what would you say to all that though uh how would you respond to what rochelle just said well definitely she did uh, she did call out into the universe and i got the message and after like I met her it was like we just clicked and I was like this is definitely a person that I want to have in my life so very thankful for her so tell us tell tell me tell us about the work that you've been doing that drew Rochelle's attention so deeply well I think the first thing that always attracts people see your Instagram popping too on yourself oh shit (laughs) um the first thing that always attracts people to me is my hair 
<laughs> Tell, describe your hair for you well, know, I audio, mean, right? So I've been in a funk lately, but I, I mean, <laughs> when I do my hair, I'd like to think I do it pretty decently. Um, so my pompadour, pompadour, okay, my pompadour, and the fact that I guess um, I try to invoke um, not a, not e- not even just like my antepasados, but antepasados in general. So I think people see that. A little bit um, through the way that I dress and um, the way that I try to carry myself, um, and then afterwards, so I, that's the hook, you know. And, that, and that's and that's mostly <laughs> that's mostly manifested through Instagram. Yeah, or, okay. uh, that's just like fashion, I guess, yeah. and like hair, and then that's the hook, and then afterward, of course, I identify as a Chicana feminist. So I think that intrigues people. So it's not just bit. an aesthetic; it's also a, yeah, there's a depth behind it. Definitely, because you can't just be looking cute. All yeah, day. you can't. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> you have could, some. But there's more important shit in the world going on, and you gotta fucking be awake to it. Well, then, and aesthetics have their own politics, right? And it's it's important to like Definitely, untangle um, what those politics are. Like style is a resistance, as yeah. one of my friends would say. Right, right, right. I think so. Yeah, shout out to uh, Barrio Dandy. <laughs> so while while people are listening to this, um, where would people go to digitally to see some of the things that you're describing? Tumblr and Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. It's pretty annoying. Um, but that's, I guess, where so what, what I... what are the I, name of them, though? What are um, they? My yeah. Tumblr, La Chicana Rosie. That's really where I've started getting attention was um, through posting my pictures and then getting a lot of reblogs. And, you know, Tumblr, they people take your picture and they run with it on Pinterest. It says, there's a picture of me in Boyle Heights, which was, like, 2012 or 2013. And it says uh, Apachuca in the 1940s. People mm. legitly believe <laughs> that <laughs> shit is from... Th- I have a few. I collaborated with one of my friends who um, I have great chemistry creating with. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did these like uh, like black and white photos. And it was just of me and um, Boyle Heights and uh, La Placita Olvera. And people fucking really, like all the time, they think I'm dead. <laughs> they think what? I'm dead, but what? it's... Because, because it's that... They because look they that old. The, the 1940s picture... Like, can you can you describe them a little more, just so people? Okay, um, so I'm wearing some um, some strappy heels, and I have uh, I have my pants and my hair done, and I'm just smoking a cigarette on a bench, and it's really simple. I feel like that's mm. what um, really makes people believe it is the mm. fact that I'm not trying. It's just genuinely me just like <laughs> you were just really I'm just really smoking. just sitting on a bench like smoking a cigarette <laughs> and, just yeah, yeah, yeah. and then my friend just happened to snap a photo of it and, and somebody interpreted yeah. it in a certain way and it just yeah kind of, like, and um, going. Huh. and then another one of uh, me and um in Boyle Heights in front of um a Virgen mural mm. and I'm just like standing there <laughs> I'm literally just standing there and another one which is n- I don't know. People will like it. It's not one of my favorites, but uh, also uh, in front of another Virgen at La Plastita Alvera. Mm. And because of the the history and the heritage at sure. La Placita, people just run with it. Mm-hmm. So where where did uh, where do you think your aesthetic grew from? Or I mean, you're relatively young too. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. It seems like it's fairly it's fairly dominated a lot of your um, consciousness, I suppose. Well, I mean, um, I grew up being really confused with myself and going through all these phases of like where did you grow up folks that are outside uh, of Los Angeles Pico Union born and raised so for those of you that don't know I was just mentioned Psycho Realm because 
that's something that people mm-hmm. know when I'm talking. They're like, oh, okay, like <laughs> there, yeah. So, um, born and raised there. Um, also downtown, even though a lot of people are like going from downtown, like, no, I really like yeah, grew right. up going to downtown like every day. My dad has always worked downtown. I've even gotten into experience going to theaters in downtown. I've seen a change. So I am. Um, what did your father do? Uh, my father is a sample maker, so he sews. Um, he's mm. really good at what he does. Mm. And that's also another reason I feel like um, fashion really attracted me. It's. Uh, your dad's it, working with fashion. Yeah, he, yeah, with, um, with fashion. And um, mm. even though he has his own sense of style, I, I have my own, but that's where my little tailoring comes in hmm. from him so so we were, talk- we were talking about the theaters uh, oh yeah um pico union so where when your yeah from? my yeah. i don't know like in middle school i started getting into like rock and roll and you know all that basic shit <laughs> that like you kind of have to go through like those yeah, decades yeah. like you get like into what? like the 70s just like the, classic the can- rock like you yeah. know like Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, you know, start getting into like punk, you know, because you're angry and you're confused and you hate yourself and you don't understand like why you have to be so Mexican, like why can't you be second or third generation, why do you have to be first generation and have to struggle with um, like these two worlds where... You're not really sure like, como dice el dicho, ni de aquí ni de allá because, you know, so... From from there, from, like, an early age, I knew, like, I was going to be someone in that. I was going to be part of a revolution as, like, crazy as that might sound. Like, I always knew. Um, but I just didn't know how or where. And middle, stu- middle school started getting into, like, feminism. But, of course, they only teach you about this, like... Yeah, what kind of feminism were you getting in middle school? <laughs> White middle-class feminism. Right, right. Like, I mean, Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she made um, a flag. It's so important for the feminist movement. Well, I mean, just the fact that um, that they they did try to incorporate women into like the constitution because I mean, to this day and age, it says like that you know um, women are. It doesn't say like all all women and men are created equally. It says all men are created equally, mm-hmm. and it's important to like validate not only our female counterparts but as well other people that are like nonconformists. Yeah, right. All right. So, um, so it sounds like it sounds so it sounds like you you have like a unique ability of absorbing a lot of things yeah. really quickly. Yeah, and uh I'm trying to find your own voice within that. I mean, for what I was uh I guess exposed to, you know, like trying to make something out of nothing yeah. and uh then later on really coming from like, you know, like actually wanting to search a little bit deeper like within myself and within like history and my community hmm. Hmm. Uh, let's think about that for a second <laughs> so sometimes really awkward pauses because i'm just like processing what i'm hearing we know you're awkward like, mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks rochelle just kidding what other questions should i ask her rochelle help me out here um co-pilot okay co-piloto so i think that um i think it was an interesting point where when I met you, um, because I feel like you were kind of on the brink of discovering for yourself what you were gonna build. Yeah. We had a couple conversations about like, you know, style as resistance as a as as this kind of like guiding 
you know, idea about how we wanted to be stylish and what our style was going to be about because it was going to be more politicized, but not overly politicized or not overly, you know, but this fine balance between, uh, you know, those two worlds and like fashion is, it's interesting because you think of fashion and you're like, does that even matter? Like, is it superficial? Yeah, we think of fashion as something you consume, right? Rather than... Right. Something that allows us to have a voice. Exactly. And so I thought that what was happening on the east side, and it's it's not just, you know, uh, Rosie. That Rosie has a bunch of really super cool friends that are also doing shit like yeah. this. You know, so which who we should give a shout out to right all here. those people too. <laughs> yeah, right. Nunca vamos a terminar. Yeah, I remember that time because um, I was definitely getting a lot of attention right then and there. Like people mm-hmm. were definitely seeing me as like someone to to take yeah to take into account and I was just like but I'm not doing anything right now like yes like my being is politicized because I am like a brown woman you know and that in itself is just like fucking crazy a brown woman asserting herself right yeah yeah definitely a powerful brown woman so then um from there like I I just wasn't sure and um I like I came to her because of course she is like miss (laughs) <laughs> yeah right like, I to all the little Chicanos of the world. <laughs> everybody come visit me here and, you know I'm just like how you. can I go about um actually like making this into something and um I I felt like the stars were beginning to align and I, I feel like this summer is really gonna be it for me so what when you so what's this coalescing around like where, where is the um, where well, does, what is the direction you're taking it or what's the vision Again, like Chicana feminism and, um, and reaching say more about what that means. Chicana feminism. Uh, I feel like I should just say humanitarian, <laughs> because um, like we take into account um, everyone and any anyone who wants to be taken into account. Uh, so it's just kind of really acknowledging and um, acknowledging and embracing my intersections. You know, I. I am first generation Chicana. I am a woman and my experiences as a woman have really shaped me to um, to care, you know, and um, yeah. and to, I don't know, to, I guess, like, reach out and say that I, um, you're not alone and um, that the things that you have experienced, I've experienced too, like sexual harassment, you know, or just even... Um, I mean, it sounds like what you're describing is the, the, the yeah. urge and desire to build community. Yeah. But around, a, around an ideology, around yeah. a central idea. Like a specific one, because right. um, sometimes, yeah, like um, sometimes things are too general, like even, even Chicanismo, right? Um, and I, I like this, I, I always go back to this, but it's just because it's so important to me, the fact that, um, like, in the 1960s, Chicanas, because they, they were like, these are my intersections, I can't just stop being a woman because I experience certain things because I am a woman, and, I, and then on top of that, because I am a woman of color. So um, just, and them really wanting to change things, especially in their community and being received with sexism right. from their own... From the from, mo- from yeah, the from the, their own yeah. movement, right, right. you know, that they help create. And it's something that really just, like, fires me up and, and gets me going where I'm just like, no, this is unacceptable. This is 2015, and this needs to stop now, and it stops with me. 
And so you find resisting that in building community with other Yes, women. because I'm not alone. There's a lot of other people who feel that way. But sometimes, um, like yeah. when I met Rochelle, it's really hard just to know, like, where, where would I even start? Yeah. Like, how can I make find this a, happen? A and, like, yeah. find the space and other like-minded people who want to um, create, destroy, rebuild, you know? And I think that's a good segue into, like, um, Con Fuerza and kind of, like, how that got started and what direction that's going. I know you all are in a transition, so it's every, you know, it's almost on pause in a way, which is... Not on pause, but Mercury is in retrograde, so, you know, (laughs) like... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we could speak to how that started, who started that, because that's a really cool aspect, I feel, of what... Part of some of the work that you're doing in the community. Tell us. I have no idea what this is, so... So, uh... All right, I'll start in the beginning. Um, we'll go back to Barrio Boogie and uh, meeting with Rochelle. And, Good. of course, like, uh, the people that I've, that I've built friendships with and uh, networked with. So um, I came to her, and I already wanted to start something. I was like, oh, maybe, like, a website or something that I can um, help, like, spotlight uh, Chicanas in our community. And um, then at that, at that same time, one of my friends, um, JC or Barrio Dandi, um, he Juan let Carlos. me, yeah, Juan Carlos, uh, he let me know that there was a, a Chicana feminist book club um, at Corazon del Pueblo, mm. right by Mariachi Plaza. Yeah, right. And I was kind of hesitant because up until that point, I hadn't really been consistent with anything in my mm. life. I was just mm. kind of like, I mean, I when I start on things, I start off strong, but then I like, I fizzle. So I was like, fuck, well, that would require commitment, you know, of <laughs> like me actually showing up but I was like well this is like worth a worth a try so I go with one of my friends and um, I'm immediately hooked I'm just like wow this is what I've been looking for my whole life this is a safe space where uh, other people are Wait, what sort of folks were going there what, um, what were you reading it, uh, we were we were reading um Oh fuck! What didn't we read? We were reading like some, some Cisneros, like basically all all your. Um, like Gloria and Sofia. Yeah, 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 like a uh, Chicana feminist theory, mm-hmm. even um, uh, womanism. We were even reading Marxism. So it was just it was great. Um, it was uh, one of my other friends who's actually in the collective, um, Jonathan Thunderbird, and. Um, his other friend, Viliana, but at the time, I'm not really sure why they started it. <laughs> it I think it had something to do with um, a class that they were taking at, I know they were going to, like, Irvine. And um, it was, it, sometimes it wasn't even, like, about the reading, just, like, about, like, dissecting it and really um, seeing how that could play into how our, our own experiences, how, like, how we feel, and having the safe space to be vulnerable. Right. And, um, and be able to say like I'm hurting or like I want to heal, and just seeing like where we even were as individuals on the spectrum. Just be able to name that and yeah. have other people name that and, and grow through that. Yeah. So um, uh-huh. uh, a few months went by, and I mean we're relatively new because that was in I think August or something. Okay, so it's really recent. Yeah. yeah, it's really recent. And then after that, um, their life was getting kind of crazy, so they couldn't continue the book club. And there was a few solid like core members already um, that were that would come like rain or shine, bring their kids, like mm. whatever it really took to um, to be there and like to allow them to and, and to yeah. like keep 
reclaiming like that space um so after that um one of my friends who again like um i had already been kind of like trying to collaborate with and that's who i was gonna make the website with thought to ourselves like we can't just let this die like we're not the only ones who have been um really like searching for this so after that uh we continued the the book club but it, it was it was kind of hard because we're like wow this is really a lot of work um to organize and uh, on a weekly basis and have all these people expecting things from you but i mean it was like so worth it because uh, like there was points where like 30 people would come really wow it, the circles would get really big people would cry wow. and um the energy was always so great and it was really like church to me huh. it was like my religion i'm just That's like point of reflection yeah i'm so like that it sounds like it really nurtured you it really did um and then after that like things were really changing you know it was just a a point of transition and we were noticing that with uh, a lot of gentrification happening like especially in Boyle Heights right there yeah um we no it's not yeah well they're they're kind of like on a break they'll be back I have hope that they'll be back but um even even like that that was really um um a really life-changing jarring. a life-changing event that really I, mean, I even heard that from minneapolis and i was mm-hmm. like what is going on yeah, that was a beautiful space yeah. where um the community that was really like the community space there was like nawa studies there mm. was like yoga the ovarian cycle started fundraisers there fundraisers like open mics like yeah. jesus what didn't they have there <laughs> you know yeah but tell me so i'm, I'm kind of curious about like what kind of folks or what sort of oh like encompass the the, the group well, there was, um... Where were they coming from, I guess? I mean, there were some that were Native American. There was... It, it really it really varied from people who didn't even know what Chicanismo was mm. to some people that really had been organizing in the community for years. Um, just, like, people in all different stages of, like, learning and just kind of, like, trying to apply. Some people more healing, some people more political. Um, people that didn't even I- identify as, like as uh, Chicanos and then really like learning um, also like how we even identify like sexually mm. or gender it's, it's a challenging, gen- ta- challenging gender norm yeah yeah. so it sounds like it was a place of discovery for a lot of people too yeah it was and um, people of all shades like beautiful people and it wasn't exclusively folks of color mm. It, it it was. I mean, we did have um, a few white people, and um, we welcome, but at the same time, like, this is our space that we're reclaiming, and if you come here respectfully, yeah. then you are allowed here. You're a guest. You know, but, yeah. like, this is important for us, and it's not us being, I guess, what is that word, the... Like being racist to white people, what is that? Reverse racism. It's not reverse racism. <laughs> <That's bullshit. Yeah. laughs> but you know, like some people yeah. like to cry wolf. So. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, after that, um, we started kind of really getting uh, more involved in our community, specifically Boyle Heights, just because we were kind of. Uh, in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah, we were right there. So um, we kind of saw it as a place where we had to like step in and defend and be part. Um, of what was happening there so we we um, that's when we decided to become a collective because a lot of people um, not only wanted to read they wanted to create things 
and they wanted to learn about things and make workshops so we're just like okay uh we voted on it and the few solid members that were there and that are all still there to this day um yeah, came up with the name con fuerza mm. because it really does take some um, strength to do what we do I mean, one of, the, one of the things I'm thinking about is, uh, in, in my own discovery with the website and with the folks that I've been interviewing, I think what's really fascinating about what's happening in Los Angeles right now is this really, like, assertive generation of, of young Chicano Latinos. Yeah. And, and not just, and as, but asserting themselves grounded in their heritage, right, and grounded in where we're from and where our family is from, but also choosing to have a very distinct voice out of that. The Chicano movement is, like, happening right yeah. now. It's really, Strong. it's so fucking beautiful. Like, yeah, I am so sure. amazed by, by it, like, and I'm just like, oh, my God, and I'm, and I'm part of You're it. You're leading it. I'm, I, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. I would are. like to be a leader you're in leading, my community. You're, you're leading it. Yeah, it's important to embrace that. You know, not, not to be afraid of that or, like, shy away from it, you know, without being, like, a cocky asshole, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the thing. I, I just feel like, I'm, I mean... I'm not where I want to be, so that's why I'm just like. That's I'm that's why you're a leader because you're driven, you know. We're telling you now. You're you know a leader. I mean? like, <laughs> we're following you. Because leaders aren't people that are complacent, you know, or stagnant. Yeah. It's people that are struggling shit, and, and stretching you themselves and trying to find a location. I mean, I, I do like I do like to think of myself, but I don't like to get it like let it get to my head where Absolutely. I'm just like you know Absolutely. where I'm just like you know you still have a lot of growing to do and. Oh, you still have a lot of learning to do, so I'm just like, uh, I'm not where I can say like, where I I feel comfortable. I mean, it's it's, it's even with the website. It's been about a year for me where I'm actually starting to like, because like I think it's it's hard to embrace the idea that we're developing something because it's it also sets expectations and it sets standards and and you lose some of like the fluidity of it and just like the sort of joy of just building something. But I have a responsibility too, you know, in, the, yeah. in the, what I'm shaping and creating, because I'm giving voice to to things that you know you just you cannot find anywhere else, right? Like some of the people that I've interviewed or articles that I've written, they don't get voice anywhere else, and it's a tragedy. But there's it's a, a responsibility reality. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> all right. Then I am a leader. <laughs> <All right, nice. laughs> And there's just a lot of responsibility with that, you know? There's a lot of yeah. responsibility with that. That's what keeps us grounded. Because I, I definitely do feel like I have a responsibility to my community, and I can't even imagine my life without my collective, without being involved mm. and um, really, like, taking action. I could never go back, you know? Yeah, really. Like, now that I've... Uh, Not too far. Yeah, like, now that I have this momentum, it's like, I can't stop. Like, That's true. I can't stop. <laughs> Does it feel good? It feels great. A little scary? It does, just because of, like, the times, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, fuck, like, there's no real, like, path that you're supposed to take, like, oh, make a ride on, like, <laughs> where I'm just like, fuck, you gotta kind of, like, figure this it's out. Uncharted territory. There's yeah, no roadmap is. for this shit. No, there's there no roadmap for this. And I think for the three of us, there's no roadmap for the work that we do. Yeah. You know? So I'm just like, oh, that's, that's the part that really gets me, but, um... I mean, besides that, I, I've really been, like, the happiest, um, hmm. like, with myself and just really starting to love myself and try to, like, decolonize and, like, stop hating myself. Let's talk about that. What do you mean by decolonize? What does that mean to, to you? To me, it means, like, um, it means really going back to your intersections and um saying and like even though they might come into 
direct conflict saying that this is like who you are and this is what makes you you and it's okay to be a mestiza and um and acknowledging that we are living in an americanized society and this is this is our mix you know like this is our mix but at the same time um really trying to do right by all the people that in a sense like gave up their lives for us yeah. for us to be where we are like because we are them you know they live through us so specifically like our indigenous heritage sure. which um I, like it's really hard to even trace back and it's something that we might never even be able to fully trace back because our, the books were burned yeah. the ties were cut the you know the archives are gone the ar- yeah. yeah it's like so but just kind of like taking them like not forgetting them you know not forgetting them and um kind of even doing a, a bit of research um like of like what kind of mentality they had because it's fucking amazing like mm-hmm. i mean and also like to point out that not everyone is mexica or like how people like to say aztec it's like no there was actually um a lot of different tribes and absolutely yeah i mean if you're southern mexican you're more likely to be maya yeah. like our family at least i think there's in our heritage in my family's heritage because we're northern mexican we're from chihuahua there's a there's an Apache like sort of presence there somewhere. What what is that, Rochelle? Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Yeah, like um I'm very fortunate to even be able to know that I am Purapacha. Mm. And um that's something that I take pride in because sure. um from what I've been able to learn about them, um they actually went to war against like the Mexicas and they won, so I was like <laughs> we were fierce warriors. <laughs> That's, I, think that's, I mean, in the earlier years of the Chicano movement, I think there was a lot of, like, idolizing Aztec heritage. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Aztecs were an empire mm-hmm. that killed and maimed and, and raped and took over other I mean, societies. like, fuck, like, what's up? Like, y'all don't know about the Toltecs? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 why yeah. can't we be like that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, there's a, there, has, there has to be, like, a reckoning of the past that is honest as to what happened. You know? And that's just, it's like, the fantasy of the past, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's also dangerous, too. Limiting. Of thinking um, that they were just savages who sacrificed, you know, or like why don't like you know like trying to find out like what they thought of the stars mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. their perception of sexuality mm-hmm. or even um, like the place that women held in their society. Yeah, because there is a reason why the Aztec calendar was based around a, a lunar cycle, which was based around a menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Like that was that's a very intentional aspect of it. <laughs> so let's talk about our periods. <laughs> talk about our periods. Uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So I'm just thinking. What I mean, what what's I mean, what what is something that you'd want to say to people that are listening? Like, what's something that really just sort of s- speaks from your heart and you'd want to put out there to the universe? Or that's mm, too inclusive of a question. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess to um to really just like get moving to get up you know to actually recognize that right now i mean it's fucking crazy 2015 like white people are no longer the majority like we have the numbers we have the power like the time is now like you need to take action there is a community out there that's like already starting to do the work but i mean if we're not if if it's not all of us then it's none of us so um whatever like you might may identify as it's like whatever you feel passionate about like believe me there is like they are out there are they are out there other people that feel the same way and um 
and maybe there might not be um people doing it but that should like i feel like instead of like finding that discouraging like start it yourself like you like mm-hmm. michelle like well, we, myself you know right, we were talking about that in the car over here we were saying that like you know at a certain level you know you want to you want to make a statement you want to do something and then you find that there's nothing out there mm-hmm. you get mad you're like well fuck it i'll just make it myself mm-hmm. like only person that's gonna stop you is you we are our yeah. own worst enemies. And that's, and that's part of the colonization, I think, yeah. kind of what you're suggesting Like, about. hating yourself right. and just hating not yourself. thinking that... Having the, doubt yeah. because the white man told us that we're fucking useless throughout the whole course of our family's histories and our histories. Uh, I'm trying to get past that. And also, um... You can cuss too, by the way, because it's not radio. <laughs> well, I cuss a lot. Well, I think we did a lot of that already. Yeah, right, right, right. I forgot to mention that earlier. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, um... This is not fucking being sexist in our own fucking community. Like, yeah. we are fucking, like, destroying our women. Like, it's, like, yeah, basta, you know? Yeah. Like, stop thinking that you fucking have a right to uh, disrespect, like, right, another yeah. fucking being. Like, uh, that's something that just really upsets me. Yeah. You know? And, um, because otherwise, like, this is gonna, this is gonna be our movement. Like, where the fuck are our men? Where the fuck are our allies? You know? Like, we're in this together. It's, like, so... Was that a, was that often a topic in the in the circles in the? Uh yeah definitely oh, because like I mean a, as I I wake up as a woman every day so yeah um, <laughs> you know like I face these things on a daily and um, sometimes I just have to like like e- either brush it off or just like you know or other people who even just start seeing this as like the norm like it's okay like you have to expect this or like you know just like take precautions like when it's like but this i'm not the one doing anything mm-hmm. like you know like mm-hmm. i did not choose. what i have to carry the burden yeah like i carry like the burden yeah so yeah. and i think i think it's one of the most like unfortunate things about like the way nature of sexism or racism or something like that is that like we can't always decide we can't always really be in a position to fight it and so mm-hmm. when we can't fight it we absorb it mm-hmm. and it becomes part of part of how we become colonized or how we loathe ourselves or or it becomes damaging and toxic for us yeah, it's probably the most ins- one of the most insidious aspects of it. And I guess also for men not to be afraid to not fit into that, to not be like yeah. sexist, and to um, think that feminism is only for women or right. or like women or people who or identify. Is threatening, yeah, right? yeah, because being a feminist is being strong, right? Yeah, and uh, everyone's always like, "Oh, you man haters, or you fucking bra burners." <laughs> Ball burners? Is that you, you brought, I don't know. Yeah, you brought burners. Oh, brought burners. Like, yeah. You said ball burners. No, ball burners. <laughs> like, oh my god. Burning testicles now. Oh shit. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get I get a little self conscious with the website because, it, I mean, it's, it's me and I can't hide the mm-hmm. fact that I'm, you know, like nominally straight, you know, heteronormative male, whatever, cisgender male. <laughs> And that, that ha- the website has that sort of tone at some levels. And I try to be thoughtful and sensitive, but I can't stop that. Sometimes right? it's hard because you don't know how to, you yeah. know? A lot of uh, a lot of men come into our space and they're just like, fuck, like, I didn't even know, like, that was, like, right, a right. thing, you know? Like, I'm sorry, like, I've been doing this without even thinking twice about it. But, yeah, it's do. just like, fuck, like, I thought that was what I was supposed to do. Yeah. But... Even though it's even as, as small as, like, cutting somebody off, right? Yeah. Like, when they're talking. And it's not, like, 
you know, like it's not like I'm st- stomping my hand and being like, "Shut up, woman!" It's yeah. more just like these little subtle ways. It's kind of right? like my voice over yours, you know, yeah. like or just yeah. even like on sitting sitting on a bus and like men taking up more space than women. <laughs> like yeah, it's right, like right. simple shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, Rosie. Rosie's looking really indignant right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look intensifies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave yourself a like a line. It's funny. Uh, what, I mean, what else, what else um, aside from your political work, what else, what else drives your passion? What else gives you sort of warmth? I mean, it's all political, right? But, like... Um, I would just have to say, like, the women in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my parents... What else feeds you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Oh. What else, what else nurtures you? Music. Okay, music. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. Music. Um, lately, I've really been into uh, music with an organ. Yeah, <laughs> like I fucking Spanish, love like sp- yeah, Spanish yeah. music um, from like the late '60s yeah. to like early '80s. Ugh, yeah. it has so much soul. Yeah, I feel like that's that's some real Chicano soul there too. Even though they, <laughs> it's like some post. Chicano song. <laughs> no, I mean, with, with, like, pipe organ music, too, it's, like, it just, like, it, it's, like, it wraps you up and it surrounds you in this really amazing way. Yeah, so, All like, Rochelle songs. mentioned, like, been building my collection and low-key flexing on the ground, you know? It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, look what I got. Her records. Yeah. They're my pride and joy. What's what's one of your go-to records when you're sort of reflecting or feeling uh, thoughtful? Los Angeles Negros. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I have their album De Oro, so that's... I, I'll... I'll fucking I'll die to that record like when when I die we'll put like, in the, we'll put cremate in the me you. and yeah, you need yeah. to fucking like put me in that record um and then uh, recently I got Los Chihuahuas and they're really just like a runner up so I've been listening and like to those um, I mean, and those sounds are so familiar and like so warm it's like comfort food you know you're just like sitting in it and you're like yeah yeah it's like the soundtrack of our lives here in Los Angeles and then also I, uh, a music that I like a genre that I can live out with are like corridos. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I'm I'm fairly yeah. I grew up with a lot of that here in in Montebello and East LA area and then also just like fascinated by narco corridos. I like the stories that they tell despite the fact that they're associated with a lot of violence. Yeah. Um growing up my father was a musician. Mm. So um Sounds like a pretty talented guy. Yeah, he he's very talented. Um, he plays three instruments: which, which um, three? the guitar, the bass, and the accordion. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I always grew up surrounded by music, specifically old Mexican music, um, and never really appreciating that and kind of like taking it for granted. It was in the backdrop, right? Yeah, yeah like, like in the backdrop, and like now that I listen to it, I'm just like, fuck! I subconsciously know this song. Yeah. Like, how do I know this song? Well, it's kind um, of a, it's, 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 that's why it's comfort food. Yeah. You know? So, and then kind of like finding it for myself and getting mm-hmm. into it, and even finding records and like putting on my music, and then my dad coming <laughs> in and like singing along, and I'm just like, you know this? Yeah. My my father, my mom passed away. Um, eight years ago with my dad so my dad was I was with my dad for about four years before he passed away too and he would I just I, just, I didn't really notice it for a while but he would walk around the house like just making all these noises and I, I stopped him one time I was like well, what are you doing and he's like oh I'm singing romantic songs just to keep myself from being depressed <laughs> so it was like really beautiful but also really you know tragic and sad to some level so I started paying more attention to whatever songs he was he was singing mm-hmm. 
This is really sweet. Yeah, or like your mom's like cleaning music. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mom's cleaning music. Um, this is how you know I'm a third generation is uh, like Carol King and James Taylor, <laughs> James Taylor, yeah, Earth, Wind yeah. and Fire, Chicago. That's like my mom's cleaning music. Yeah, right, so. right, right, right. I'm a I mean, yeah, the, the cooking music. I mean, I, yeah. I cannot. I, this is one of the things that compounds me about white people is that like. I need a lot of music for all sorts of things that I do in my life, especially when I'm cooking. Like, it's part of the celebration of making a meal for someone, right? And I, I don't understand why, why people don't have music on when they cook. <laughs> like, it just completely just confuses the mm, shit out of me. Might be the lack of culture. I'm not <laughs> the sure. Culture, like, yeah. the, the whiteness of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Might be because they don't season their food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put a little, a little, little a amor. Spice. A little, <laughs> little, yeah, a little spice. A little cilantro, yeah. yeah. A little cilantro in there. Yeah. Yeah. I know, it just trips me out, man, because I just, I need music all the time. And that's been the funnest part about this website is, like, f- discovering new music that I didn't know anything about, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to give them a platform. Mm. Mm. What do you think, Rochelle? Uh, Bring it back to you. <laughs> Great, thanks, every time. Yeah. Um, oh, piloto. Sorry. It's cool. Um, I was just thinking as you guys were talking about Chicana feminism, like when I studied, I have, you know, I have my degree in Chicano studies and um, I, the last like paper that I wrote, I remember as a senior was about Chicana feminist theory and and I think that um, it just made me think about why I connected to it initially and what was, how it spoke to me and drove my own kind of like perspective on, you know, uh, on, on things politically and uh, even my aesthetic, you know, um, in terms of my jewelry and how that all comes out. But I've been thinking about, uh, as you were talking um, about, how Chicana feminism, like, basically created space for all of those Mm. in-betweeners because Mm. they talked about a fluid identity. Mm. Like, so for me, like, when I'm hearing you speak, sometimes I can't even really relate to that corrido because I didn't, my grandma didn't listen to corridos. Like, you know, my parents didn't. You know, I'm third generation, so it wasn't part I don't, of the texture of no, your, it of wasn't. Your identity. But as I got older, and I also made friends in my neighborhood or whatever, you know, everybody else is listening to corridos. So, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I know about Leodan, and I know about yeah, all yeah, these, yeah. you know, Chante and everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, whatever, whoever's yeah. in that category. Yeah, right. But like, um, it just made me think about how what. It it like for me, my identity and and how I came to like discover my own kind of like Chicana identity was really around like being okay with not being one thing at any time mm-hmm. and that it's a fluid you know identity and that it can be it's 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 not you know in a room full of white people I'm more Mexican and in a room full of Mexican people I'm more white Certainly. so yeah. in Latin America that's I'm my a white ex- guy. that's my experience mm-hmm. you know and when you travel around the world your identity changes too because mm-hmm. if you're from America then you're already privileged it doesn't matter how brown you are you know like cuz i've experienced no that how too you are yeah in like right, right, exactly right. it didn't even matter the fact that you live there is something you know right. gives you power and so i think it's um it's i don't know i've always found a home there you know like in that in between space and i think even in my jewelry i kind of I like to have a, a level of like distinct ambiguity, you know. And and when I make jewelry, I never really make men's jewelry. I make unisex jewelry mm. because girls can wear boy jewelry. Mm. Boys mm. might not be comfortable wearing girl jewelry. That's on them. But mm. we can wear it. You know what I mean? So I, mm. you know, there's just all these ways that 
all of these things kind of get channeled out and shape how you, you know, what you're expressing or what you're, you know, um, I don't know, just how you're, how you're expressing yourself and stuff. Yeah. Well, even, even at, like for me, right, like it's, it's like, um, even teaching myself to not be afraid to be really attracted to jewelry and like want to be a part of it and, and want to have these conversations with Rochelle about like why it's meaningful to me and why the aesthetic appeals to me. I, I love the part where you talked about like being fluid because um, going back to like what initially attracted people to me was the fact that I did invoke my um, masculine side. You mm-hmm. know, um, I do assert myself and I like you know even the way that I stand sometimes can just be like is a little masculine. Like the fact that I wear like trousers, like that's like fuck. Like people are just like oh my god, that's when I feel like that's like the most powerful. You know where I'm both like. masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. and it's like harmony Mm -hmm. you know um harmony in like the fucking middle of a a turn (laughs) like a tornado like you know because that's that's kind of like who we are and it's it's like um realizing that there is no like cookie cutter shape like Mm -hmm. we come in all different like shades and from all different backgrounds and then because it is nurture and nature you Mm -hmm. know like some of us are grow up in a more i guess like like how we were talking about earlier um like a suburban place or like in um in like maybe like the midwest and 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 still identify as chicanos and still kind of like go through through um Maybe not the exact same things, but can relate. There's, you still, know, there's still a struggle there. Yeah, there's, there's still still a, there's still a struggle. So the so. sense of struggle is what relates yeah, us to one and, another. Yeah, and that inner conflict, you know, yeah. of just um, of really trying to um, find out, like, who you are. Because, you, I mean, you're the only person that you ever really know in your life. And even uh, we change as, like, as time progresses. Like, I, I'm not the same person that I was, you know, like... T- three years ago like you know we we literally like we die and like we rebirth ourselves time after time and and like uh, even though sometimes it, it, it may be painful like ultimately i would like to think it's like for the best well there's growth and pain yeah right? or pain and growth but yeah yeah that. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> however you want to I was thinking about uh, what Rochelle was saying about identity too, and one of the things that's really difficult for me in Minneapolis is the the sort of uh, the recent immigrant folks never think I'm Mexican, and they always really freak out when I speak Spanish. There's a discerning look of shock, and I think it's because they're not used to seeing Chicano Latinos like purchase something at wherever it is that they're working. Yeah. Right, because there's not many of us in Minneapolis, and you know my aesthetic isn't necessarily like one of a recent immigrant. You know, so it's like distinct in that way, and I'll just tattoos and whatever, but. It, and it's uncomfortable because that is I see that as my community because mm-hmm. that's, that's my parents you know it's everything and, and it's like whoa man like I'm so I'm like detached from it in a way I never want to be and it's not from white people or anybody else it's just the folks themselves mm-hmm. that don't see a connection with me at least in that moment yeah well I mean she made a really good point about privilege and sometimes like yeah. we forget the fact that yeah. we are privileged Absolutely. even um, and and like taking into account our privilege like the fact that um, I mean I, we are here for a reason and that is because somewhere down our fucking family tree or bloodline someone said i want i want my generation to have like a fucking a better life i want them to not experience like all these things like yeah they might suffer but it'll be a lot better than what i have now you know and that's what i meant about like people who have really kind of gave up their lives for us yeah absolutely that we're just like okay fine you know my life might be this but like as long as it gets a little better a little better a little better you know like and then 
maybe at one point we'll have someone who really just has it made. Well, then I think that's that's part of the struggle. I think for a lot of us that are politically active, that are first generation, is is like is like my parents, our parents wanted us to be aspirational mm-hmm. middle class, and like I don't fucking want that. Like I want some money so I don't I can like buy pans and shit, but like I, I want to resist. Yeah. My goal isn't to be middle class. Yeah. Right, and like my father, you know, my parents are gone now, but they always they really struggled with that part of my identity because they didn't. They're they were like, like what, 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 "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, this like, is we didn't bring you." For- <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't get shot on the border for this. You whole like, what the hell are you doing? You know, like you didn't go to college so you could just like be poor and like run around and be an organizer or whatever. And it's like, well, I can, you kind of did. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what I'm. I'm living the vision that you had. I'm fighting for my community the way same way you mm-hmm. did. And I, I, I like to think that they realized that at some point, but I don't know if they did, and that's fine, too. Well, like, it's hard, you know, because, um, like, at least in my experience, like, my parents come from, um, like, a very poor upbringing. They were raised by single mothers, and, um, like, for them, like, it's, it's like, they, they... I mean, we're for, we're first generation, so they, that's what they want from us. Like, go to college, mm-hmm. get a decent job. Like, no quiero que sufras como like. And take care of me. Yeah, right? you know, and, <laughs> and take, and care, take of care of me. You know, that's that's for me. That's a given. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a given. You know, I'd but take care um, of my parents much so good. But, you know, but then to a certain part, like, they, they assimilate as well because my parents have been here more than half of their lives. Yeah, so um, yeah. when people say things like, oh, like, you know, like, you're not from here or, like, go back to your country, it's like, what do you mean? Like, they've been living <laughs> here, like, yeah. they've been living here longer. Like, that's not even their home anymore. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. how are you, you yeah. know, so, or and, and even, like, um, a problem in not just, like, limited, not limited to, like, uh, Mexico but Central America is um the fact of like this whole like even like white supremacy even in our own people of like wanting to be whiter wanting to like and thinking that that's the way it should be and that um yeah wanting to spanicize themselves yeah and like uh, I guess that's why I mean I'm okay with the term Latino but not with Hispanic absolutely you know and um there's definitely a rule on my website that the term does not come up yeah. unless we're interrogating it and like yeah and it. it's not, just like hispanic you know because that's that w- like paying homage to this fucking these colonizers who fucking came and like even though like we do have to understand that we are them as well you know yeah we are colonizers and colonized at the same time so it's it's complicated but it's complicated, but we are, we can take a firm yeah. position on things, yeah. right? We can say that, like, we're not going to hold that as what we want to become. Uh, so, like, uh, I guess, like, uh, I mean, that's a struggle right there, because then your parents kind of, like, like, mine grew up a little bit uh, more on the... I don't want to, I don't want to be, like, harsh, but at the same time, like, it, a little bit ignorant, you know, of not knowing their own history, not knowing... Um, how to read or write or do all these things or even like take action like my parents don't like to make waves yeah. you know I mean they are they are really smart but um, as do many of our yeah but sisters, you know they're they're really complacent and yeah. it yeah it is dangerous because dangerous then you you just um, you take all these things mm-hmm. and like you said like you just absorb them and you absorb them but at one point they consume you yeah they do they define you yeah you start losing control. I mean, that's why there's so much alcoholism, right? That's why these other evils emerge. Um, so, 
I remember I was talking to my dad about his life in the 60s. And like, cause I just, that just occurred to me one day. I was like, oh, wait, you were here in the 60s. Like, when Ruben Salazar was getting killed in East L.A., mm-hmm. like, you were here. I'm like, did you go to the protest? Like, what was your impression? He's like, well, I had to mow the lawn, so I couldn't, I wanted to, but I had to do these things, right? These commer- these consumerist mm-hmm. things. And I didn't want to hate him in that moment, but I was really upset, you know? Like, I'm like, you should have been there. You should have been there, dude. What are you doing, old man? Yeah. But. My parents, like. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, they were like, what? I mean, now my dad is like, oh, like, Chicano, you know, like, he barely even knows what that means. And I'm just like, well, you know, your daughter identifies as one. But, um, you know, they're just like, or they have like this, like, I guess, like, perception of like, or not really understandings of like, what what does that even mean? Or um, what are you even doing? Or what do you stand for? Yeah. Or even like involvement in the community. They're just kind of like, we're just residents here. Like, you know, we're just, as long as we can pay our rent, like, that's all that matters. But then it's just like, but do you not see, like, all these things happening around you? Like, this gentrification, like, these people being displaced, like. Yeah, and I'm sure they do. It's just, it's just not having the sort of space or not having the sort of the strength to get past that fear yeah. and anxiety, you know. We can't blame them for that, but we also have to hold them accountable to it. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard, you know. It's hard because you're just like like with your dad you're like well, you should have been there you know like where are you but then at the same time like I think like I can totally relate in a different way but like I think um, it's interesting I think that's part of like a product of being a Chicano it's like you're confused because there's this is like you were saying even from the beginning like it's uncharted territory This you're the first ones so there's nobody to model yourself after really and and I think that's why community is an important um, thing for us because we have to build and create these connections with people that have similar experiences, um, you know, because it, it can be lonely out there trying to figure mm-hmm. out how mm-hmm. to do things that nobody showed us how to do, you know, so. Or as we're going through school, like, the people that they try to get us to, they try to get to mentor us are, like, rich assholes, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, fuck that. You know, they're, they're brown, but they're, like, yeah. aspirational, like, middle-class folks. And I'm like, yeah. no, I don't. I mean, like, strip us from this, like, uh, culture of, like, or being, like, you should give a fuck about, like, the new iPhone instead of, uh, like, the protests or, like, the the amount of people being killed by police or, you know? And that's the tension for us, right, is that, like, I do care about the new iPhone, but not more than Mm -hmm. being an activist and going out and fighting. And and it's okay. I mean, like I fucking have it. I yeah, right. Six, we all do. Know? Like we all do. But you know, like, but damn, like you can't let that. That's not a priority. Yeah, that's not. It's just a thing. That's not a priority. Yeah. It's an and I think like we kind of get caught up in that, and or like, sure. you know, being a cyber chicana, which which yeah, that's a thing. Wow. Fuck, I just I just said it. I just went there. Oh, Let's yeah. make a hashtag. I went there. Cyber chicana. Cyber chicana. We, we all have platforms because we yeah. have access to the internet. Like Rochelle, you you know you make a lot of your sales through Instagram. I have, I'm literally have a website, right? Mm-hmm. And you have your presence online. I mean, that's the first step. But I'm just like, just don't linger there. Like, just don't right. linger there, or like there do something with it, or like you know, just use it as a tool yeah. to fight. Like uh, all these like things working against us, like your website, you know, and or make a blog or like. Make some podcasts. Make or some podcasts. <laughs> make some podcasts, you I know? I will help you, anyone make that wants to. Make some art, you know, create. Find your voice, wherever yeah. it is. And, that, and that's the most important thing, I think, is, is finding your voice wherever it lies. So, like, I think, like, Rochelle, like for example, Rochelle, has a, has a, her voice is in the jewelry that she makes. I have a lot of different vehicles to which I just find my voice and project my voice. And you, you know, 
your discovery within your aesthetic, I think, is it been an, sounds like it's been an important voice for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing? Uh, hilarious. All right, we got to wrap up. It's almost an hour. Uh, is there anything you want to leave folks with? Um, I guess just don't be afraid to reach out. Be You'd be surprised um, how many hands are willing yeah. and able to. Yeah, whenever I reply to somebody's email, I just send randomly send. I always reply back, and they're just like, "I didn't. I never thought you actually would reply." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, like don't be, don't be shy because connecting. it's like we're we're just regular people we're, like you, and if homies, you know, yeah. like down to be friends with anyone who's down to fucking fight patriarchy, and you know, yeah. <laughs> let's give link up. Out, like, give a shout out to all your homies." <laughs> yeah, seriously, like, core collective, uh, like, the core members of my collective were, like, 15 heads, like. Damn, that's a lot. So that's just, like. It's power. That's just core right there. Yeah. That's straight core power, and um, not to mention, like, our supporters or. So if, if people, as we wrap up, is people, if people want to find out more about these groups, like, where can they go to? Is there a presence they can, they can find Yes, so um, they could go to our website, uh, which is confuerzacollective.org. Or um, find us on Instagram, which is also Confuerza Collective. Mm -hmm. And they could even find me, I guess, Black Lotus Rosie. Black Lotus Rosie? Yes. That's And that's a website? or That's my Instagram. Oh, that's what it's called? Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. And Tumblr, La Chicana Rosie, La with Chicana a C-H, I know. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, somebody gave me shit about that. I did buy the domain name, Chips for Life with an X mm -hmm. instead of a C-H. I just haven't used it yet. But, yeah, I get a lot of shit about that, too. Uh, you know what? Like... Domain names are hard. It's just hard, man. It's just hard. I just feel like um, that's also acknowledging our our intersections as like saying like, yeah, I am Americanized. I am gonna use the ch. I am gonna use the x because I do reclaim my indigenous identity. So don't give me shit for it because we're all Chicanos at the end of the day. So yeah, we're all fighting. It's cool. So it's not nitpick. No nitpicking. <laughs> if you can wait, if you learn anything on this podcast, just don't nitpick, all right? How's that? We. <laughs> we, all right well i appreciate your time rosie and you know you you never even heard of me so i appreciate you just even i did hear about you oh well yeah it's just a little bit but i still i'm just trying to tell you i appreciate you i appreciate you too and yeah. giving uh me the space to thank you that's what it's for yeah Everybody else. yeah i mean i think and that's the other big theme right like reach out man don't be afraid send us messages i think we're all fairly attentive to our audiences and it's a beautiful thing the community that we're building individually and collectively yes couldn't have said it better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rosie. All right, bye.